0: this week's frankly golf podcast i'm valerie melvin here with frank thomas and this is podcast number 20 and this week we are going to be talking about some simple rules for buying golf equipment
1: very important
0: and frank you know, you've spent many years as USGA Technical Director, you are know, testing clubs, researching clubs, and also as Golf Digest uh, Chief Technical Advisor and Golf Channels. Um, so you've spent many years of fielding people's questions about golf equipment. So hopefully in this podcast, we can share some of this wonderful advice and information to help our listeners who might be out there thinking about buying something new, um, looking into some new clubs, some new sparkly toys. Um, So hopefully we we can help them. So, you know, I guess rule number one is know your skill level.
1: Right. And I think uh, that's important because obviously uh, golf, uh, you know, you're not Tiger Woods and therefore you don't need the clubs of Tiger Woods and you probably won't be able to use them. Uh, So know your skill level and then you can adjust your your purchase accordingly and Mm -hmm. you can get some advice from from somebody who really knows what they're doing as far as fitting clubs are concerned and uh, you've got got to be honest with yourself, don't don't, uh, buy clubs uh, that are way beyond what your skill levels are.
0: Yeah or beyond what you really need, I think particularly if you're just getting started you want a nice reliable set that are going to get you started um, and be good and solid, and certainly not introduce any errors into your game, but be able to um you know get you on your way on your golf journey uh, right. nice nice and easily right. now you know I suppose you really have to sort of know what you need, and um, that 's rule number
1: two just coming into the game, which I really hope people are, and congratulate them for trying it uh, don't don 't go ahead and buy a super set go ahead and buy if you can buy a half set just to begin with that's so important and then you need to learn how to use them but the beginner set is is very simple you don't need you know fourteen clubs in your bag you can have only you know the the uh, five seven nine uh irons a hybrid uh a, a wedge and obviously two wedges a uh, pitching wedge and a and a sand wedge and a putter and then you get in the woods you need. Probably only a five wood and maybe a driver, so that's what you need to get started with and and as far as the 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 you know which set to buy, every manufacturer has a, a a standard set, and you don't have to invest a lot of money into it and if I'd recommend also rather than buying a brand new model set, go ahead and buy last year's model, which is just as good as 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 this year's model and and to get started
0: yeah no and I think that's the thing you don't want cost to be a big barrier to get started in the game and and enjoy it and you know sort of reap the rewards because I suppose as you're starting it takes your swing time to develop and become a bit more consistent and I think that's the point at which you want to maybe consider going and getting fitted or having a more serious look at what equipment is right for you
1: that's right because I mean if you don't know what to feel you you go into a pro shop or go into a to a a, a retailer and pick up a set of clubs or pick up a club you don't even know what you're feeling Uh so you really need to get that set sorted once you've started and you're starting to play a fairly significant amount of golf uh maybe 20 25 rounds a year and and you're starting to get a feel for it now now you really should be fitted for your set now you get some idea of what you should be feeling. Now your skill level will dictate, and, and whether or not you're female or male, uh, your strength uh, and and uh, with other skill level, that will dictate what sort of clubs you really need.
0: Uh-huh. And how important is it to get on a launch monitor? Would you say, Frank?
1: <clears throat> well, I think I think it is important for from a from a driver's point of view. When you when you're hitting a driver, uh, you need to get a club, and that's your big uh, the, the the club you have going to try and hit as far as possible. That is the biggest problem we have in the game of golf because we get the big dog in our hand we're trying to hit it too hard uh-huh. so but it is an important club because it gets you off the off the tee correctly but at the same time the driver is 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 uh important from the point of view of uh the forgiveness of it uh you must uh, and launch it more most effectively and a launch monitor will help you do that and mm-hmm. again you you can't get on a launch monitor if you've just started the game Wait. Once you've started playing, you've got had a lesson on, on how to how to hit the ball, and you're starting to play a few rounds, then you're starting to get, graduate to the next level, then you get onto a launch monitor and you can see what you should be doing. Because the ball at a certain speed of a driver has very specific launch conditions that you should try and meet. And that'll tell you what the loft angle is of the club and the length of the club. Also, you know, we, we are, are sort of, uh, uh, inclined to believe a lot of what we what we read and the hype in, and and the clubs aren't necessarily that much better than they were last year, but and and so it's a matter of of, of tweaking it, but they try and and improve the performance by giving you a longer club and it hits the ball a little further off the launch monitor, so you can kind of say that's the club for me. It's not necessarily the case. Be careful. Tiger Woods has played golf with 43 and a half inch drivers. And and um, um, Jack Nicholas had a forty-three and five-eighths inch driver, and that was only he had a persimmon driver. But so length is is important, but you're going to lose accuracy.
0: And you know the the bigger heads. When you look at the the driver heads, I mean they are. Pretty substantial in size, but I suppose if you'd never played before you you know you wouldn't you, you just see the driver' head, but the bigger heads I mean they do help in terms of forgiveness don 't they
1: yes it's called the moment of inertia. What happened when you, when we had a wooden head all the head, all the mass was sort of concentrated in the center of the club and, and when we got to the metal woods, we were able to get the, the mass distributed out to the outer periphery of the club and therefore increase the what we call the moment of inertia which translates into the forgiveness factor so now we're able to do that and that that carries on all the way down basically your moment of inertia all the way down your complete set Uh but but uh but the moment of inertia is important for for the for the driver and and so that's the reason why they are as big as they are they're more forgiving
0: yeah for sure and you know people talk a lot about you know your lie angle is the lie angle important with the driver or is that more appropriate for shorter clubs uh,
1: I I wouldn't uh, get too excited about the lie angle on a driver because it's uh, it's a long club um and and uh, the, the differences are are very small and the loft, the lie I mean the loft of the club is so small compared to to the wedges if you had a wedge or you know the, the shorter iron, then the lie angle really plays a very important part. But I'd say start just work with the lie angle more so on your on your on your irons. On your irons. Uh, yeah, you can adjust the driver now within within the shaft, the hosel, and it may have some effect. But uh, don't get too excited about that.
0: Uh huh. And how about um, the golf ball? Because that's something that is some, sometimes overlooked and I think when people are playing golf, I think it's very important to find a golf ball you like and stick with it. Don't change to different types of balls, kind of find one brand that you like um, and one model that you like and stick with it to keep it consistent. If you change too many things, it, you don't know whether it's the club or the ball or what it is.
1: Oh, that's one thing. The other thing is that uh, the balls are very good today. Uh-huh. Uh, the the premium balls and even this the next level down are extremely good and extremely excellent and, and you know the, even the the sort of uh, um, second level down uh, ball uh, is considerably better than most of the people who are trying to use it so <laughs> so so and and it only costs half the price uh-huh. and the, but the quality is so good that we won't, won't even recognise the difference. The second thing is if you're changing balls all the time. Then, then, then it, it's a, it's sort of a distraction. Uh-huh. You, you gain, as you suggest, get get a, a ball that you like, stay with it. And obviously, the price range you like, and and uh, uh, just stay with that particular brand.
0: No, I agree. I think too often we do, and we find balls and we start using them. And, you know, especially when you're just getting into the game or if you lose quite a few balls, you know, you start using whatever you find. And that's not really a good practice necessarily in terms of building your consistency and your confidence. And, um, you know, the next, the next sort of rule that I think is very important and something that we, we talk about a lot here is investing in a new putter. Because the putter is... You know, as we've discussed before, the most important club in the bag. 45% of your score is generated on the green. Um just talk a little bit, Frank, about the different types of putters. Not necessarily the brand. I mean, obviously, we'd love to sit here and chat away about the Frankly Frog, and we could do so for hours. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know, the, when you look at designs of putters, like if you look at a blade, a sort of mid mallet or a full mallet, what what are the considerations for golfers when they when they look at that?
1: Well, you know, traditionally, a blade has been uh, a, a very flat blade, uh, and literally a blade. And the old bullseye was was one of those. Uh, that was a blade and then we went from there all the way to a mallet putter which is uh being used now right now has been accepted uh sort of the, in between those was the ping club that came in which had toe heel weighting. so even though they called it a blade it wasn't a blade but uh but it was very much more forgiving than than the original blade but now they're calling that the ping style putter, the answer putter uh, uh a blade now uh that is a good putter but as as you as you increase, I want to get more forgiveness. You go to more of a mallet style putter, which is again a moment of inertia where you take the mass of the club head, the putter, and move it backwards and separate the weight. We we did that in 2004, and it seems to have now caught on even on the tour. Most of the mallet putters that are being used on the tour are very similar in concept to the original putter, the original frog putter. Uh huh.
0: Uh huh. And you know, I think as well, putter length is very important.
1: Very important. I mean, if you don't have the correct length, you really shouldn't even be trying to start putting. Putting is, is extremely important. It's a very natural stroke, but you've got to allow the body to do it properly. And the only way you're going to get that is to get your putter correctly fitted. 90% of the people who buy putters in the past have had them far too long. 35 was a standard length putter. And now, for the same people, even six foot two, six foot three guys, are using thirty-four inch putter, even a thirty-three inch putter, yeah. which allows you to to let your arms hang loose, hang straight, and and allows you to to move in a, in a fashion that is uh, more uh, acceptable to a, a good putting stroke.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely.
1: You know, and you you mustn't miss out on on the wedges because the wedges are important. We had. Um, uh, Irons that 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 originally uh, had uh, you know lofts, a certain loft, and manufacturers tried to uh, improve how well their putters, their clubs worked. So they uh, and, and they say well, we got the uh, the best iron out there, and they changed the loft angles. Uh, and as a result, you know, the two iron became a, a a a one iron in loft, and all of the clubs moved up, but the sandwich stayed where it was. And so that created a problem because you had this big gap between your pitching wedge and your sand wedge, and the sand wedge uh, you needed it literally had a gap in it. Uh-huh. So that was uh, one of the problems uh, that we faced. So now we've got that. The other very important uh, um, change is was the hybrids. Uh, the hybrids was sort of the difference between the woods and and the iron. To make the, uh, that sort of gap is not really a gap. As much as it is the forgiveness factor from a five iron, which is reasonably easy to hit, a three iron is not very easy to hit, but a hybrid is is very much easier and it has the same lot as a, as a three or a four iron.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I think most important is to go ahead and take a lesson, right? Very and Get important. good instruction. You can't underestimate the power of a good teacher and a good lesson. And it's
1: about one fifth or one tenth the price of a new set of clubs you can't buy your game i mean this is one of the most important Frank that's things. so
0: sad don't <laughs> say that
1: <laughs> you can't do it. no matter how much money you've got if you've just got this urge to buy a new set of clubs go ahead and do it if you've got a lot of money but this is really not going to help your game and they the clubs are properly fitted for you and you really need them
0: yeah if your clubs have been very poorly fitted or you've made a big improvement in the clubs, you're not getting the sort of mileage out of your clubs that you should be, then you'll probably see huge improvements from investing in a, in a new set. But otherwise, it's probably better to take some money and set it aside and invest in you know a series of lessons to That's tune right. up your game.
1: Clubs, clubs are, are very good today. I mean, the club sets that are sold are very good. Uh, but unfortunately, the technology has not... Uh, you know advance as much as the rest of our the, our lives with with transportation and communication and phones and all the rest of it the the technology has not improved that rapidly and therefore uh last year's model is working just as well as 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 this year's model with very little differences, but they are slightly better it's only when you get four or five years apart that you'll see a difference that you may be able to recognise.
0: And I do think, though, when you look at the tools that many instructors and teachers and even fitters are using um, in terms of fitting clubs and helping you improve your techniques, I think we can see a big improvement in that in terms of the tools that those people use to analyse your game, you know, analyse your swing and sort of help guide you in terms of either what you need to do or if a given piece of equipment will help you.
1: I, I think I think it's important uh, that you have instructions for use, so to speak, uh, and and obviously clubs don't come with instructions for use,
0: apart uh, from the frankly frog.
1: Well, we, we, we <laughs> yeah, we, we've got we've got a book, the fundamentals of putting, which goes through the whole thing, basically the instructions for use. However, it's extremely important to get a lesson from somebody who knows what they're talking about, an expert in 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 either padding or, or, or the full swing, is so important.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's, that's important to personalise the instruction for you yeah. and know what's going to work for you in your game.
1: And there's some very good teachers out there.
0: There are. There are many good teachers out there, it has to be said. Um, well, we hope that you enjoyed this. I think it's been quite an interesting discussion, um, going through you know, things that you can should consider when you go to uh, buy your next piece of equipment and um, have we've also included a link to an article uh, that we've written that's been very popular simple rules for buying equipment so you can review a little bit more in a little bit more depth and um, possibly you know some of the the perils of wisdom from frank and right. uh, we hope that you enjoyed this and until next week
1: may the frog be <laughs> with you <laughs>